Hello everyone, this is the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast, and I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to be part of our real estate family and learn commercial real estate investing from A to Z. I'll be sharing with you tips and tricks for real estate investing while being mentored by a few people with several years of experience so that you and I can get to success a lot faster. My goal is to keep things super straightforward because I value your time and you're here to learn. With that, in the last episode, we learned why you should maybe be looking at investing in self-storage. How do you select the location to invest in self-storage? What are some of the biggest challenges with this asset class? And how do you select and hire the best property manager for your locations? And today we are going to be learning a very, very useful tip for tax reduction when you buy a property or even if you have already bought some properties. We're going to be learning what is cost segregation, what types of properties can benefit from cost segregation. We'll go over an example of how much money you'll be able to deduct on your taxes and why it's important to have cash on hand today versus in five years. We'll also cover what is bonus depreciation and how much would a cost segregation study typically cost. We are interviewing Yona Weiss. Yona is a powerhouse with property owners tax savings. He is a business director at Madison Specs a national cost segregation leader. He has assisted his clients in saving tens of millions of dollars on taxes through cost segregation. His background is in teaching, so he is very easy to understand, and I'm so excited to talk about this super important topic. Here we go. Yana, thank you so much for being here with us. I really appreciate it. We met over an introduction on LinkedIn, actually. You have a ton of experience with cost segregation, and I thought it would be such a value add for our podcast. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. What is cost segregation? It's a tax benefit for real estate investors. So it has to do with depreciation. When you own a property, you get a tax deduction called depreciation. Now, the way depreciation works is, even though it's an arbitrary number, the IRS allows you to take the value of the building, the purchase price of the property, the day that you buy it, and then from that day, it has a useful life. If it's a commercial property, that useful life is 39 years. If it's a residential property, including multifamily, that useful life is 27 and a half years. And I said it's arbitrary because really, it, it doesn't mean when the building was actually built, but depreciation means something's going down in value. It's not really going down in value. In fact, Stephanie, you know as well as I do, we're investing in real estate because it's going up in value. It's appreciating. Depreciation is just a tax benefit. It doesn't really have to do with the intrinsic going down of depreciation of the property, if that makes sense. So it's just a tax write-off based on the value of the building the day that you bought it, pay the purchase price. We have to subtract a small amount for land value because land, the land that the property sits on does not depreciate. It's gonna be 15, 20%, something like that. 
the rest of it left over, you get a tax deduction every single year, fraction of that value over those 39 years or 27 years. That's regular depreciation. Up until now, we have just touched on regular depreciation. This is what everyone does. And some people call it straight line depreciation. I mean, you're going to take, you know, one thirty-ninth of the property value and subtract a small amount of that every single year from your income tax. Where cost segregation comes to play is the IRS actually determined that things in the property have different useful lives. So you have things in the, inside the building like personal property, but really it's anything that is not part of the structure of the building. And that stuff depreciates over five years. But you have another category of things called land improvements. And this can be anything like pavement, asphalt, your parking lot, right? Landscaping, fencing, anything outside the building actually depreciates over 15 years instead of 39 years. So cost segregation is segregating out, is really breaking out the components of the property into their costs, into their values and depreciating them at a faster rate. So in order to do this, you need an engineer who's trained. And that's why firms like ours, Madison Specs, we have a team of 16 engineers you know, on staff that go to the property, they have training in the tax code, they can determine in this property, you have appliances, you have furniture, you have fixtures, you have wiring, you have carpeting, switches, plumbing systems, HVAC systems, you have so many things that actually depreciate on five-year value. They'll take that entire value, they'll add it up to all the calculations, and we can now reallocate that cost to a five-year schedule and get huge tax deductions based on those costs in the first five years. That's cost segregation in a nutshell. To clarify for our listeners... As soon as they purchase a property, the cost segregation starts from zero, right? So even though the previous owner may have already deducted the depreciation, the new owner will start from scratch again. Correct. And I'm glad you reiterated that because that's such an important aspect of real estate that even though I own a property, I depreciated the whole thing, I sell it to you, you start your depreciation from day one when you buy it. Not only that, it's probably much higher than when I bought it. If I bought a property for $100,000 20 years ago, now I can sell it today for a million dollars. When you buy it for a million dollars, you get the tax benefits of that million dollars. Amazing. What type of properties qualify for this? Any type of property whatsoever, as long as it's not your personal residence, whether it be commercial, whether it be residential, multifamily, office, retail, assisted living, hotels, hospitality, self-storage industrial, shopping malls, you name it, golf courses are some of my favorite, mobile home parks. Why don't we go over an example? Let's say we just purchased a 30,000 square feet office building for $3 million. What can we deduct in the first few years and what should we keep in mind? Let's first take it and look at it, what it would look like if you just had straight line depreciation, okay? So we'll take that office building that you purchased for $3 million. We have to allocate a certain amount to land, remember which doesn't depreciate. So let's take a number, right, 15%. It's about $450,000 right off the bat, it goes to land, doesn't depreciate. Our basis, which means the amount that's left over, is about $2.5 million. If you reduce straight line depreciation, we're taking that value, 2.5 million, and we're dividing it by 39 years. So what we're going to be left with is about 60, I'm just, you know, 63, something like that, 63, $65,000 to give a round number, 
$65,000 is going to be your depreciation, which means that's an income tax write-off. Your net operating income is going to be, give me a number, a $3 million office building. What's your net operating income? $300,000 to make it easy. $300,000. Well, that's pretty good. Right? $300,000, <laughs> right? That's awesome. So $300,000 right off the bat will subtract $65,000, which means you're only going to be taxed on a remaining $235,000. Let's say your tax rate is 35%. That means you're gonna be paying taxes in the um, range of $150,000, just because you bought this $3 million property, which means that's coming right off of your your NOI. Your NOI is $300,000, writing a check to the IRS for 150. Now, conservation comes into play like this. We'll reallocate, the engineers will be able to reallocate, let's say around number 20%. Let's take that number and run with it just so we get the picture. 20% of 2.5 million is about $500,000. We're gonna take those $500,000, we're gonna be able to accelerate the depreciation of that over the first five years, which means we get an extra $100,000 each year for the next five years, or alternatively with bonus depreciation, which I'll get to in a little bit, you can actually deduct that entire amount in the first year. So if we're taking our example, instead of having just $65,000 income tax deduction, we're gonna be looking at more like $165,000 income tax deduction. Could be even more. Again, this is a round number. I'm just using an example. It's not an exact science. Every property is different, but usually it's between 20 and 30% on average what's going to be the reallocation through the cost segregation. The main benefit is the cash flow. You have more deductions than you have income, then you don't get a check. You don't get a refund check, right? You're not, we're not talking about getting free money. What we're talking about is keeping the money that you made and paying less taxes or no taxes in many cases. The main benefit is number one, the cash flow, that all the money that you're making, you should be able to keep. And, and reinvest. The second thing is really the time value of money. Because again, we're not creating new depreciation. We are accelerating depreciation. So we're front loading a chunk of it so that you can use that money instead of having to wait to, you know, just get a little deduction every year. You can take huge deductions early on and make sure that you're using that money to reinvest. The time value of money means money today is worth more than it is five years from now. Besides for inflation, obviously, what you can do with that money today is much more valuable than having to wait for it, right? So if I were to offer you $50,000 today or $10,000 a year or five years, what would you take? Definitely upfront. Exactly. And so that's really what this is all about. What happens once we sell the property? Does it come back to haunt us? Do we need to pay taxes on it or it's forever gone? We're taking the time value of money from the depreciation, right? So we're keeping your cash, the cash flow high during the early years of ownership, which allows you to use that money to invest. But your question is great. When you sell a property, there's something called depreciation recapture tax, which means that you have to now pay tax on the entire amount of depreciation that you took over the course of ownership. Now that's capped at 25%, which means there's usually gonna be a spread between had you not taken depreciation or extra depreciation, you would have paid tax on that anyways, using a higher rate. Later on when you sell, you have to pay tax on that amount of money you, you uh, deducted, but it's usually gonna be less. There's another point that's important to note that when you do a 1031 exchange on the sale of a property, not only are you deferring the capital gains tax, you're also deferring the depreciation recapture tax. So there's another way to get around it, 
which is just so you know to do 1031 exchange. All of this is very important for us to have cash in our hands to invest in other properties. So this is one of the many reasons why people really care about cost segregation. Exactly. We want to keep the cash that you're making. You want to keep as much of it as possible in your own pocket and not give it to the IRS. So what happens after we deduct everything that we can on a specific property? What ends up happening when we're reallocating the depreciation to the early years and we're taking more deductions early on, you're going to get less deductions later on, right? After year five, after year six, really, it starts to reverse itself in that you're going to have less depreciation. But it's not like a huge amount because again, we're only gonna be allocating about 20% to take in the first five years instead of spreading that over 39 years. So the following 32 years, instead of take our example of $65,000 straight line depreciation from your example of the $3 million building, instead of the $65,000 after year number six, it's probably gonna be closer to $60,000. Okay, so it's not gonna be like, a ridiculous amount because it's spread out. It's like taking a um, an interest-free loan and then paying it back in a 32-year installment of that money that you borrowed. Is bonus depreciation related to cost segregation study? And if not, can you share with us what is bonus depreciation? Bonus depreciation is a new law. It's actually not new, but it used to be a rule that when you developed a new property could take 50% of the depreciation of that property in the first year of that new construction. Now, what the law changed is that any property that you buy, not just new development, all that depreciation that is less than 20 years. So in the examples that we gave of the five-year personal property and the 15-year land improvements, all of that stuff that we're reallocating for cost segregation is eligible for bonus depreciation, meaning that amount, you can actually take 100% of that depreciation in the first year of ownership instead of spreading it over five years. So you have the choice, 100% or 50%, 50%, which really gives you a much added benefit to take knock off your entire income tax liability in the first year and have no income tax. What do most people choose? It really depends on everyone's situation. First of all, cost segregation is not necessarily going to be the best tool for everyone. But most people, you know, they're going to want to use the 100% bonus depreciation because what ends up happening is it takes huge deductions. It may have more deductions than they actually have income, which will put them in a what's called a passive loss, meaning you'll just be like in the negative of income tax, which is what it was just in a recent newspaper headlines that President Trump had $3 billion of losses, but it's paper losses, meaning it's depreciation. And it means he was not tax liable. Even if he made $3 billion of profit, he wouldn't even have to pay tax on that because all the losses. So it's something that it carries forward with you. It goes with you to the next year. Even if you can't use it this year, it will release itself next year or at the sale of the property. Is bonus depreciation going to expire at some point? The 100% bonus is only good through 2023. Okay. After that point, they put it in a kind of a reverse. So in 2024, it's going to be 80%. And then the next year, it's going to go down to 70% bonus depreciation. We'll see what happens when we get there. But for the meantime, it's good to take advantage. Let's talk about our 30,000 square feet office example. 
that was purchased for $3 million. How much would it cost more or less to do a cost segregation study? Every firm has different pricing models. I can speak for our firm. We are one of the biggest in the country. We've done over 14,000 studies across all 50 states. What we do is we will actually provide upfront to anyone and everyone that's interested in seeing not only what the cost would be, for that property because it's based on the actual square footage, based on the scope of work that's involved in the property. But we'll also be able to tell you our projections of what your tax benefits would be. You know, no cost, we will do that just so you can get an educated decision. Unless they're in your massively huge properties, our range is usually between five and $6,000 for a type of commercial property. That is pretty good. When you're talking about $300,000 of tax benefits, it's a no-brainer. Do you know if some investors are not even aware of cost segregation? If not, yeah. what's the percentage? Just out of curiosity. In my experience, I would say the majority are not aware of it. Wow. They may, you know, they may assume that their accountants are taking care of it for them, which is a misnomer because most accounting firms don't do cost segregation in-house. I mean, the very large ones do. Before the biggest uh, accounting firms will have engineers on staff to do this. A lot of accountants who aren't real estate savvy just may not really know enough about it to do it for their clients or to farm it out to a firm like ours. Like we're discussing today, Stephanie, there's so you ask such good questions because there are so many people, your listeners and all the people out there, they just want to learn more. And especially people are starting out and investing, unless you're listening to podcasts, unless you're educating yourself, there really would be no way for you to you know, know this. There are so many different aspects of real estate investing that unless you dig and, and try to find out, no one's going to tell you. That reminds me of a story that one of my mentors told me. He was meeting with a friend who was doing a huge project in LA, several housing units, etc. And just by sharing cost segregation with that friend who had no idea about it, <laughs> he helped him save something like $25 million, which was... Right insane for someone that big <laughs> to not be taking advantage of it. That's yeah. unbelievable. What are some really important questions we should ask a cost segregation provider before hiring him or her? You want to know a little bit more about their experience. You want to make sure that they have extensive experience in this field because obviously we're talking about taxes. Taxes have to be very, very straightforward and have to be something in line with the tax code. You don't want someone who's just kind of new at it giving a go. You want someone who has that um, industry experience. That's, I think, the first thing. The second thing is you want to make sure that they stand behind their work, meaning they're complying with all the rules set out by the IRS. And there is an entire rule book. It's called the Cost Segregation Audit Techniques Guide. And that in the event of an audit, they'll stand behind you. If something does happen where there was something wrong in an audit, mm -hmm. who would be liable for that? Both the engineers and the client and the person filing. So you want to make sure. Yeah. yeah. How can the person filing it be responsible when that's not their business? When you sign off on a tax return or when an accountant signs off for it, they sign mm -hmm. off. They are taking responsibility for everything that's in there. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience? Anyone that has a property or is even thinking about investing in a property, you want to make sure that you find out about cost segregation. And one of the things that you do to do that is obviously listen to Stephanie's podcast, which you're doing right now. But you should reach out to myself to just get a feasibility analysis, which means we'll show you what 
the potential benefits would be by doing a full cost segregation study. It doesn't cost anything, there's no obligation, it just allows you to understand a little more details and see what those numbers would look like. What I would leave you with is that it's not something that needs to be done immediately. You can do it even retroactively. If you want a property for five years, let's say, and you didn't know about this, you can actually get retroactively those deductions that you missed by accelerating depreciation and do conservation this year. That is a very useful tip. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Best way to find me is on LinkedIn. I'm very active there, posting constantly. You can definitely reach out to me through email. Y Weiss, the first letter of my first name, last name, W-E-I-S-S, at madisonspecs.com. Or my phone number, 732-298-9002. Thank you so much, Yana. I hope everyone here reaches out to you to learn more about their own properties and how they can have more cash flow upfront. And we look forward to chatting with you in the near future again. Today, we learned what is cost segregation and how it can help you have cash in hand so you can invest in other properties. We also learned that you can do a cost segregation study even though you have already owned the property for a few years, which is awesome news. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast and if you know someone who would be interested in learning more about commercial real estate investing, like a friend or a family member, make sure to share this podcast with them and I will see you next time.